This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. If you would please turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. I'm going to lead us up through chapter 3 just a little bit, but I'll read chapter 4. I want us to finish this thought process of when life gives us lemons. When life gives you a lemon. Life gives us lemons, right? No way around it. We figured out already life is going to give us lemons. Some lemons are a whole lot bigger than others. Some lemons are much more bitter than others. But lemons are coming. And so just to take us back just for a minute as we're finishing up this thought process, the very first part of our conversation, we talked about perseverance. We talked about a lemon itself and how a lemon has different properties, that it's sour, uh, it flavors some food, it flavors some water. If I go sit down... Uh, it's not often I need the Lord to help me and I just need some discipline. But if I go sit down and order water at a restaurant, I'm going to order water with a bowl of lemons. And I don't really understand why the the servers look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm serious. I want water with a bowl of lemons. If I'm going to drink water, it's got to have some flavor, especially if it's going to be cold water. I drink room temperature water all day, every day. But if I'm going to sit down and have water with a meal, I want a bowl of lemons, and typically they bring me a bowl of lemons. But not only is lemon flavorful, but it preserves and it cleans. It's got an antibacterial property. Many of the hand soaps that you use maybe are are lemon-scented. They're lemon-flavored. A lot of household cleaners are lemon. And the reason for that is, is that lemon has the antibacterial property in it, and it's a cleanser. It's also a preservative. I told you that I put lemon oil on the the bridge of my guitar and it preserves the wood it's a preservative and so the idea comes from the very beginning of when life hands us a lemon when we're standing and we're 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 just walking through life and all of a sudden life slaps us and we find ourselves with a lemon in our hand the question is do we let the lemon take us out we drop it and turn and run or do we hold it and persevere and see it through So the very first thought process we talked about, and if you missed it, you can go back and listen to the podcast uh, for week one, and you can listen to that sermon on perseverance, uh, because the Bible talks all throughout Scripture to push on, press on to the end, run the race with endurance, to press forward, persevering. Then the second week, I talked to you about the recipe, and I love just to go get a bunch of random stuff and act like I know what I'm doing at the grocery store, and, and I'll go home and I'll pretend like... Uh, And my mama and daddy did teach me how to cook some, and so I kind of sort of know what I'm doing, but I'll just act like I really know what I'm doing, and I go through the cabinet and start finding random spices, and I just put whatever in. Anytime my brown hamburger's got garlic in it, it doesn't matter what it's for. It don't matter whether it's for something totally different. Micah can't stand it, but anytime my brown hamburger's going to have garlic in it, just some random reason. But we have recipes. And if we didn't have a recipe, we could take a whole bag of sugar like Pastor Jonathan was throwing me under the bus for earlier. 
And we would make our lemonade with a whole bag of sugar and two or three lemons, or we would take a bag of lemons and we would douse our lemonade with lemons and we would leave the sugar out. But if we follow instruction, we trust the instruction, and we go through the process, then our lemonade's always better, right? God's given us the recipe for life. Every area of your life, in some way, shape, or form, is addressed in the Word of God. He's given us the recipe. The question is, will we read the recipe? Will we follow the recipe? Will we trust the process? Last week, I talked to you about the faithfulness. We went through the faithfulness of some of the the men of God that stood in, in early times. We looked at Noah. We looked at Abraham. We looked at uh, Job and the faithfulness that those men had. And the book of Proverbs said that uh, the faithful man, blessings will abide for the faithful. Let me read it to you so I don't mess it up. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings. It doesn't mean that whenever I'm handed the lemon and I have the lemon in my hand, that all of a sudden I'm blessed. It don't mean because I walk in faithfulness, I'm automatically just, the, the windows of heaven have opened up and dumped blessings on my life. If you want to be real and you want to sit down and count your blessings, I promise that you are blessed. Amen? But maybe when we read this word, the blessings that we're waiting to abound on our life might not be instantaneous through our faithfulness. Job lost it all, and by the end of the book, blessings had abounded on his life, and he received everything beyond what he had lost. Right? Abraham, being 100 years old, whenever God gave him Isaac, he, he was faithful in what he did. He was a good man. He was faithful. And then it was just a few years later, God said, hey, Abraham, go kill Isaac. We know he didn't. He was faithful, though. Because of his faithfulness, he became the father Abraham. And there was many descendants, many nations. The Bible said Abraham had the number of descendants as sand on the seashore. But it didn't happen overnight. It was faithfulness that got us there. Today I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about the seeds of the lemon. On average... My lemons are not average lemons because I've, I've yet to see a seed, which is horrible for a sermon illustration. I'll just be honest with you. There's no On average, other than these seedless lemons, hey, I bet this one's got seeds in it. A lemon should have eight seeds. Hey. Uh-oh, you keep digging around in your lemons, you'll find some seeds. My illustration just turned in my favor. A lemon's got eight seeds. I told you that if you want to make good lemonade, you make it the way that I like to drink it, you leave the pulp, the seeds, and everything in that pitcher. Some of you don't want that. Some of you want orange juice with no pulp. You want your lemonade with no pulp. You don't like that junky, slimy stuff. But there's something about the seed. Seeds represent growth, right? Paul talked about, to the church of Corinth, resurrection. And the question's been asked, what do resurrected bodies look like in the flesh? And he said, well, it's like a seed. If you plant a seed, the seed has to die before it gets a body. Right? 
Those seeds in that one lemon that happen to have some seeds at this point still have some life in them. But in order for them to be planted and have any new growth, they have to die. That means that our situations at some point have to bring some death to some things. In order for something new to grow, in order for something new to flourish out of our bad situations, some things are going to die. But the seeds have a purpose. In Joshua chapter 3, God is preparing Joshua to take the Israelites across the Jordan River. God's given specific instructions. And Joshua has told the people and in verse 2 of chapter 3, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. You have to understand that. When you picture this and you picture them crossing the Jordan, you have to picture the Ark of the Covenant representing the literal presence of God. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move from uh, your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they'll guide you. I don't know about you, but many times when I'm handed a lemon, typically I've never charted those waters before. Pastor Johnson and I were in a conversation this past week, and we're just kind of at this point that we're confused and just seeking kind of direction, and we're praying about a situation. And he said, it's just because it's unchartered. We've never been here. We've never done this. It doesn't make sense. We don't know what to do and we're nervous and it's just, it's weird for us and I don't like the feeling of going in uncharted waters. I'm a person of habit typically. If I figure something out that works, I'm going to do it that same way every time because I know it's going to work. I'm a person that's going to take risks. I'm a person that's going to think outside of the box. I'm a guy that wants 2,000 people to show up at a park for us 40 people to try to serve them. It's weird. But uncharted territory is not cool, right? Sure, there's some adventure in it, and we had adventures yesterday. If you didn't learn something yesterday, you weren't paying attention. I could probably, as Linda said, we could write a book. I said, we learned a lot that we're going to take some notes and write down of how everything we did that was messed up, how great things that we did that worked right, we need to write them down. And we probably could write a very small book on our day yesterday. But it's uncharted. Sure, it's adventurous, but we have no clue what's coming. We have no clue where we're going. And if we're going to make it through the uncharted waters, we better do what the Bible is telling us and follow the, 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 the presence of God. Let them be our guide and lead us to the place that we need to go. We, he's talking about the, the Levitical priests carrying the presence of God. We need to follow the Holy Spirit through those times. He says, stay a half a mile back behind them, keeping clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And they go on, and God gives Joshua charges. He says, today I'm going to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They'll know that I'm with you, just as I was with Moses. He tells the, the priest, he says, when you reach the banks of the Jordan, take a few steps into the river and stop there. That in itself, we can learn so much from this passage of Scripture. Don't just don't jump right in head first thinking that you got it all together and you know it all together. God is going to move. He's going to move forward. And he says, hey, step into the river, take a few steps, and stop there. 
He goes on and he says, when you take your few steps into the river, what's going to happen? It's the season of harvest. It's the season of harvest. The the Jordan River banks are busting up. They're they're huge. The, The river swelled up. It's big. It's flowing. It's rushing. He said, but when the presence of God steps into the river, when it steps into that that limit of a moment for them, that thing that seems this this unforeseen thing they've got to cross, the thing they've got to walk through to make it to the promised land, when you step into it, when you're obedient following the presence of God, he said, God's going to dam up that river on one side, and it's going to back up into the city of Adam. He said, he's going to dam up that river and then he's going to let the rest of that river flow down to the dead sea and you're going to walk across on very dry ground he's going to make a way so the people did that the levitical priest stepped in the water dried up all the israelites crossed the the men stood the, the Bible, Joshua gave uh, orders to these 12 men. He said, you go and stand in the middle of the river until everybody's crossed. Make sure that you're there. And then he sends them back in to get 12 stones. This is where we pick up in chapter 4. I want to read this. We'll read it together. The Bible says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out, pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, because we're not all the same. And I don't need somebody that looks and acts just like me to do everything that I do so that we can progress the kingdom of God. I'm learning as a leader In every aspect that I can learn, I need people that don't think like I think around me and beside me, and I don't need them to act like me. Because if everybody acts like me, then it's going to be my way. And it's not supposed to be my way. It's supposed to be God's way, and we all work through this thing together. He said we take 12 different men from the 12 different tribes of Israel he told him to go to the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark, ask of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up a stone, carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across, and these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. What does this have to do with anything? We can't forget crossing over. When life gives us lemons, when life gives us the struggle of whatever it is we have to deal with, when life gives us the heartache, when he gives us the pain, when we deal with loss, When we deal with the financial burden, when we deal with sickness, when we deal with our emotional struggle, whatever the limit is in your life, when you deal with your kids that just won't behave, that's not my kids, that's your kids, just kidding. Mine are sitting politely today after he went out and got a spanking. I'm lost. When life gives you a lemon... I believe that God has intentionally put something inside of every limit of our life to serve as a monument of where we've been. 
And God took the people of Israel across the Jordan River. It was strategic. First of all, you follow the Levitical priests, the men of God that are consumed with the presence of God. The presence of God always goes first. When the presence of God met the situation, the situation ceased to exist. When the presence of God met the situation, the situation ceased to exist. When those priests stepped into the river and the presence of God presented itself to the water, it was a swelled river. The Bible was clear. It's the season of harvest. The river is swelled up. The best busting out the banks. I'm not talking about the little creek that just runs in the backyard. The Bible describes it that it's, it's a river that's busting out the banks of the Jordan. When the presence of God touched the Jordan, the waters dried up so the people could walk across following the presence of God. When the presence of God reaches our lemon, when it makes it to the situation, it may not be like we want, and it may not make a whole lot of sense, and it may be a really, really, really big sour lemon. But I promise when there's perseverance, when there's direction that we're willing to follow, and we're willing to walk in our faithfulness, when the presence of God touches that lemon of our life in some way, shape, or form, blessings are going to abound into the faithful. We're going to walk through the situation. We're going to continue to push on. And what's going to be left are the seeds of the lemons of our life for other people to see, our children, our children's children to see. This is the junk we went through. This is where God brought us from. It's where he's brought us to. And here's the seeds to prove it. Here's the stone. Here's the memorial. Here's the monument for you to look and see the faithfulness of God in my life. He can be faithful to you. I want to see the seeds in the lemonade. Because my lemonade ain't always sweet. Right? But I know that every time I pick up this pitcher and I pour me a glass and I see those seeds... I'm enjoying the refreshing coolness of this delicious lemonade with how much sugar? Somebody say stop. All right. See, at that point, the presence of God reached the lemons, right? I told you early on, we're going to consider the sugar, the Holy Spirit, the power, the move of God in our life. The sweetness, I praise for a sweet aroma of praise. I want God to to feel my worship. I want it to be something that reaches the heaven and it's appreciated. I worship not for you, not for me. I worship because I have an almighty king that loves me, that created me, that gave me life this morning. And though you may not have felt like a showing up, you might not have felt like getting out of bed. He allowed you to get out of bed. I worship because he's good. If I couldn't have got out of bed, I still hope and pray that my life is a life where I was still laid in the bed to the very best of my ability and worship with my heart. So the sugar represents the sweetness of God. And when the the lemons are dumped in my life, and I allow God to deposit something inside of me now, what would would have been just nice lemon water is now sugary lemonade, and it's going to be good. Right? And now what's going to happen is when I sit down at a table with you, 
my friends, my family, the people that are coming over, and I get to deposit some of my life into your vessel, I get to show you the seeds. We get to talk about the seeds. We get to talk about them seeds that you don't want in your cup, and that's okay. I'll strain them out because they belong in my vessel. They don't belong in your vessel. I'll strain my seeds out. I'll keep my seeds, but they're a beautiful conversation piece for me to tell you about the goodness of the Lord in my life. God's taken me through some junk. He's walked me across the Jordan River. I'm living in my promised land, maybe for a season. It may have been a journey, a struggle in the wilderness that was absolutely horrible. They questioned God. Why did you bring us out here to to die? Why did you bring us to this place? We're ready to go back into bondage. We're ready to go back into slavery. No, generations later, they finally make it to the promised land. They finally get to go where they're, they're ready to go, where the place that God's promised them to be. But now they've got something to show for it. And I'll pour you a glass of my lemonade. You don't get to get my seeds. But I'll tell you all about my seeds. See, when I first kept trying to think about how to preach this sermon, I've struggled with it all week. I've struggled finding the purpose of the seeds. And all that kept coming to my mind was the seeds represent the growth. And I can give you the seeds out of my lemons I can give you those seeds so that something can grow in your life. You don't want the seeds from my lemons. That don't make no sense. Right? And I've not been able to wrap my mind around the seed of the lemon because you don't need my seeds. I don't want you to deal with the same junk that I deal with. Right? And it took a brother this morning, to be real honest with you, to really put something in my heart to make me understand the purpose of the seed. The seed is not for me to give to you. The seed is for me to have the monument, the memorial in my life, for me to sit back and be able to point back to everybody I ever have a conversation with. This is the junk I went through. This represents the goodness of God, the thing I had to cross, the thing I had to go through to get to where God was trying to take me. This is what, that this represents the place that I've been. It represents the goodness of the Lord I walked across on dry ground the seeds make a whole lot more sense but we want to strain out the seeds you want to strain out the pulp you want to put it your lemons in one of them fancy little juicer things that filters out all the pulp filters out all the seeds and you don't want none of that in your lemonade fake Isn't that the truth? Don't be fake. If you ever feel like this guy's being fake, I give you permission after you truly tell me. You can give me a gib slap in the back of the head. Because if there's one thing I'm going to do my very, very, very best to not be, it's fake. If you can't love me for me, you can't let me lead you from me. We just have to figure it out. Because I'm me. You're you. Why not own up and be you? Why do we have to sit down and act like we've got a beautiful picture of lemonade that's crystal clear and perfect? It came out of a stinking jar when you do it that way. You want to get pink lemonade that's all colored that ain't even real and pour me a pitcher of pink lemonade. That ain't your life. 
That's fake. My aunt makes some really, really good lemonade. And she makes it just like I just showed you. I might have to repent, but I'm 99% sure that anytime I've ever drank her lemonade, there's seeds in that lemonade. There's pulp in the lemonade. It looks like it's real lemons that made the lemonade. But we want to filter out the seeds. We don't want people to see the struggle. We want them to taste the goodness. We want, them to, we want them to taste the sweet lemon. Let me share some lemonade with you. Let me give you something that's good. Let me give you something that's cool and refreshing on this hot summer day. But you don't really need to see the junk that had to go into making this lemonade. What good is that done? It accomplishes nothing. God's given you an opportunity to build a monument of every situation he takes you through. And it ain't really for you. Joshua didn't say send 12 men in to get 12 stones so that we could come back and bow here and pray here every day and we let set up this altar and this is the place we come and the place we come and have sorrow over this it and the place we come and we cry over and pray over it. It was none of that. He said, we're going to set up this memorial. We're going to get 12 stones from the place of the presence of God. That place that was so deep that God had to reach down and do something in your life. We're going to get 12 stones from those places. We're going to take them out and we're going to build a memorial. And when your children ask you what that is, you tell them it's about the goodness of the Lord the day that he brought us across the Jordan River on dry ground. That's the purpose of the seed. I can find opportunities in almost every conversation I have with somebody to show them my memorial. If I try. Some days I try too hard. Some days I don't shut up and listen. But if you try, I promise if you listen, because God's going to take you through your lemon. It might not be yesterday. It might not be today. But your lemon will turn into a lemonade. And the faithfulness of the Lord is going to let blessings abound in your life. But what's the purpose? Other than these Weird, these weird seedless lemons I got up here. Lemons have seeds. I think they do too. I just can't find them. Which I could keep preaching because many times those stones and those memorials are not easy to find in the lemon. They're not easy to see. The blessings are not always evident. Chances are, until you have a nice cold glass of lemonade and life has settled back out and it's good again, you're not going to see the seeds. You're going to see the struggle. But if you want to, and you want to try, you can show somebody your memorial. 
We were put on this earth to love God and to love his people. Right? We were put here. The greatest commandment of all was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Straight from the words of Jesus. Right? We can love God. We come together, we worship. We appreciate the goodness of the Lord. When life throws us a lemon, sometimes we struggle with the goodness of the Lord because we want to blame somebody for life's problems. But for us to truly love people means we're willing to leave the seeds in our lemonade and we're willing to talk about the seeds. I'm amazed more and more if I just pry a little bit, I learn a whole lot about how somebody really feels. If I stay in tune with the Spirit, and I'm not trying to over-spiritualize anything, I'm just telling you, if you're living your life the way that God's called you to live it and you're trying to remain faithful to Him, you're doing your best to live an upright life. Hopefully you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. You're listening. You're feeling convicted. You're letting God lead you in all these areas of our life. I'm amazed at the people that if I give them an opportunity, I don't always do it. I fail. But if I give them an opportunity and I pry in just a little bit, I learn that their smiling face really isn't how they feel. Right? You know the smiling face you walked in with this morning. And if I'd really pry and I'd really get along with you for a few minutes and you'd open up and you'd be trusting for a moment, you would tell the truth and say that the face you put on actually was not the real way you felt. It really wasn't the way you wanted to walk in here this morning. And somewhere down deep, there's a rooted issue that really could be addressed. And I probably don't have the answer to address your issue. But what I can do is take you to my memorial. And I can take you to the monument that was built out of my struggle. And I don't have a clue how to fix your problem. I don't have a clue how to, to take you through the journey of whatever it has to be to get you to where you're trying to get to. But what I can do is take you and show you the faithfulness in my life. When I deposit something into your vessel, when I pour a glass of my lemonade into your cup, you're going to see the seeds. And I'll tell you each one of those seeds what they represent in my life. Because I love you. I can keep it to myself. Joshua could have said, hey, take those 12 stones, throw them on your back, and we're going to hike them in to the promised land. We're going to put them down deep somewhere. We're going to bury them in the camp, and they're going to be there representing what we went through, but we're not going to let anybody see our struggle. But he didn't. 
He said, we're going to take 12 stones. You put them on your back. You carry the weight of those stones. You build a memorial so that when people ask what that represents, you can say it represents the struggle, the blessing of God on our life. He separated the river. He stopped the flow of the river so we could walk into the promised land and go to where God called us to go. The question is, I mean, it gets down to just a very simple question that's very harsh, but do we love people enough to show them our memorial? Do we love people more than we love ourselves? This guy is more private than anybody in this room, probably. I don't want to tell you my struggles. I don't want to tell you my failures. I don't want to tell you my weaknesses. But I'm not going to be fake. And I love you more than I love me, and I'm willing to show you my memorial. I'm willing to take you down, down a path. I'm willing to take you through a journey and show you some of my struggles to let you see that God is good. He's faithful, and, and even though you're dealing with this junk right now, I promise he's going to take you to a place, and out of the middle of the mess, they picked up the rocks out of the middle of the river, the middle of what had stopped them from getting to the promised land. Out of the middle of the mess, they picked up the rocks. They picked up those stones, and that's what they built the memorial with. The question is, do we love people more than we love us? That's harsh, but it's the reality. I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I do my very best to give my life for the Lord. But am I willing to let my guard down every once in a while and pour somebody a glass of lemonade? And tell them about my seeds. I'm not going to give you my seeds. Because you don't need my seeds. You'll get your own seeds. Do we love people enough to do that? Would you stand with me? Here's what we've succeeded well at. I went back through my notes this morning. And some of our leadership goals that we set at the beginning of the year, my goals for this house I had three goals. Number one goal was we were going to reach 2,000 people in some way, shape, or form this year. Yesterday, we reached 1,700 documented. Easter, we reached six or 800. We've exceeded that goal, right? I believe that the vision for our house, the vision for our family, we have a love for the community, we have a love for just sharing the love of Jesus as a corporate body. That love is so big that we've reached and exceeded that goal. That, that doesn't even count the, the Cumberland County foster and, and orphan kids that we were able to reach and touch out through school supplies uh, and the people that we were able to reach other aspects. That doesn't count those people. I'm not bragging because I'm fixing to step on our toes. That goal was met. 
My next goal was to raise $5,000 for YWEA, for missions. We raised $8,600 for missions, which was a fantastic accomplishment. It was great. We exceeded that goal. We came together, we got together, we pulled resources, we gave. We did exactly what we believe God called us to do. We accomplished it. Corporately as a family, we love people outside these walls. Right? Here's where we've struggled. My last goal was to double our attendance. We've doubled, but not since the beginning of this year. But I got a little arrow because it has nothing to do with the numbers. It says, not for the fact, but as faith and fruit of our efforts. We've not exceeded that goal. We've blown our goals out the water as a corporate family to reach these people. Right? We love people. We've given money to missions. There's some, some in the house that are going to do an orphan run for hope where all the money we send to YWEA, the Church of God builds those orphanages. Well, now Orphan Run for Hope feeds the orphans. So they're doing an or, orphan run. They're running a 5K in November to raise the money to feed those orphans for the, the orphanages that YWEA builds. We love people. We've reached all these people. But we're not willing to let people see our seeds so that one-on-one -on -one conversations, we can bring people to the house. Our goal yesterday, I got asked, do you ever see families come from these events? Probably not. But that's not our goal. We did not fail because families don't come because of those events. Just so you know, it is not failure. Our goal, our heart, our vision was not to grow our church because we put on those events like yesterday. You need to know that. We didn't fail because we might not ever see a family from that. That's not how we grow this house. That's just us simply giving back. The way we grow this house is by loving people enough, we loving people more than ourselves, that we're willing to take time and have conversations about the lemonade of our life. We're willing to sit down and pour a glass of lemonade and say, I need to tell you about these seeds. You're struggling. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. No, you're really not okay. Tell the truth. We need to have a conversation. And through this conversation, I can tell you all about the struggles that I've been through. I promise that's how the kingdom has grown. If you came from another church, I love you. God bless you. I hope you found a place where you fit. And I hope you found a place where you, you fit in. The kingdom did not grow by you moving from one church to another church. We're so glad you're a part of our family, but that did not grow and expand the kingdom of God. I hope that your spiritual depth has grown and you've seen something in your personal life. But if you love Jesus, when you walked in the door, then the kingdom of God did not grow by you walking in this house. Our goal is to grow the kingdom. In order to grow the kingdom, it means that kingdom-minded people reach people that are not part of the kingdom and we bring them into the family of God. Right? Do we love those people more than we love ourselves? Are we willing to let our guard down long enough to say, this is what my life has been like, and this is what God can do for you. I promise you're going somewhere. I promise there's a purpose on your life, and one day you'll have a memorial to show for what you've been through. People grow through their struggles. You've not been handed a lemon of life 
so that you could deal with it, persevere, deal with the instruction, and follow and be faithful, then that'd be the end of it. We've been given lemons so that God can take us through something and get us to a place where we can witness to other people because of what our lemons represented. Father, I love you. God, we've heard your word today. We know what it represents in our life. Father, we understand that the lemons are not they're not good, Lord. They're the tough parts of our life. But they're life. And Father, in order to make good lemonade, we need your Holy Spirit to come and be a part of us. We need the presence of God in every aspect of our life. We need you to consume us, Lord. God, the lemons represent the scars of life that are going to always be there. They're going to they're going to represent something they're going to represent something that we went through, something that life gave us, Father. But life don't always have to be sour. It's going to get better because the faithful man will abound with blessings. God, but I pray that we take the seeds of our lemons and we understand today that you called us to love people more than ourselves. We're called to love you and we're called to love other people. By doing that, it means we're willing to show our monument. We're willing to show our memorial representing the struggles that we've been through. God, I pray today you put a burden on our heart to love people enough to open up and share a struggle. To open up enough to, to care about somebody and bring in somebody into the kingdom. Whether they ever step foot into this house or whether they end up in another church family somewhere. The point is growing the kingdom of God. But are we willing to, to show them the memorial and represent the place you brought us from? Touch our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Family, I want to ask for a moment, if you could. We're willing to cross over into that place that represents where God's promised for us to go. We're willing to walk through that journey. If you'd step out for just a minute, let's come and join in these altars in prayer as a family. Can we come and join right here as a family for just a moment? I believe that this message has not only been a message for each of us individually, but this has been a message for this house today. God's calling us to love people in a new way. We're succeeding well in loving people corporately and reaching people for the love of Jesus, showing them love and joy. But do we love people enough to open up ourselves and show them the seeds? Father, I pray that you touch us today. God, as we stand here joined together as family, Lord. God, many, many, many lemons are represented in this, this house today. Many lemons that have already come and gone and they're already in our, our lemonade, our life. Father, many of them that we've been handed recently, God, that we're struggling through, that we're attempting to persevere through, Lord, the, the ones that we're looking for direction that right now still seem like chaos, God, the ones that seem like a, a struggle, the one that seem like we don't know how we're going to make it, Father. 
The ones who are just, we, we followed the process, we heard your word, but we're walking in faithfulness, Lord. God, there's all kind of lemons represented here today, God, but every lemon of our life has some kind of seed. Every lemon of our life, every area of our life, that everything we've gone through, Lord, has something that can be brought out, something that, can be, that, that we can walk out and we can say, you know what, God brought me through this. We can say that, that you took us to a place that was beyond where we were at before, and we have something to show for that. God, I believe you give us those seeds so that we can show other people and we can witness to other people. We can allow other people to see your goodness. Father, I pray as a family that a burden would rest on our heart. God, that as a church family, the burden would rest on us to love people more than ourselves. That we would slow down long enough to, to look into somebody's eyes and be willing to open up and be willing to be transparent. To hear a struggle, to hear a, a trial that they're going through, Father, as your word tells us, we walk through this thing together. That we're to lift each other up, that we're to build each other up. As the, the book of Hebrews says, that we, uh, we would edify each other, we lift each other up, not forsaken gathering together, Lord, but we come together more and more as the, the day is drawing near of your return. Father, I pray you give us a new love for your people. Remind us what those memorials look like. Take us through those moments, those seasons of life, God, and remind us what it is you've done for us, Lord. Remind us where it is you brought us from. Don't let us forget. Don't let us forget the struggle. Don't let us forget the trial. Don't let us forget the problem, God, but remind us. Let us take something out of the middle of that junk, the middle of that moment, and let us build a memorial and be able to look back and our children and our children's children and, and everybody around us would walk by and say, you know what? That represents that moment where those people crossed over into what God had for them. He opened a way. He made a way where there was no other way, and he allowed them to walk through that situation. Father, give us a burden for people. Father, let our labor be rewarded with fruit, God. But let us truly labor. We can't expect fruit without truly working the field. God, I pray you give us a heart for the kingdom like we've never had. That you would keep us, Lord. Keep us in your will. Father, as Joshua was commanded, that the ark would go before anybody else. God, we follow your presence. We want your presence to go before us. And we walk in that. God, because we know when your presence touches our situation, the situation changes. When we allow you to be in the middle of the situation, the situation shifts, it changes. God, it's never the same again. Father, I thank you for our family today. I thank you again for your blessings that you poured out on us yesterday, God. The opportunity we were able to have to reach the, the number of people that we reached. God, I pray that somebody somewhere, some little girl, some little boy, some mama, some daddy, somebody struggling, Father, they just saw a smile. They saw a glimpse of hope. God, they saw something to help them keep going into another day. They saw something to make them realize that there's something to live for. There's something worth fighting for, God. God, I thank you for that opportunity we had yesterday. God, I pray that you bless our families, those that are sick, that are a part of this family, God, those that are not able to be here, Lord, those that are represented here, God, I pray you touch our homes, you touch our houses, Father, that you would pour out blessings on us, 
God, as we begin to shift our hearts away from ourselves and more on the people around us that are not part of the kingdom, I pray that you would bless us and keep us and bring us back again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.